I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align podcast. Aaron is very, very, very... Good? Good? Il m'a appris à marcher There we go. <rire> et euh, à faire des squats correctement. Oh, en France, à yep. Pau, au fait. Yep. <rire> Juste pour info. Welcome back to the Align Podcast. Oui, l'amour mia. That was not any language in particular. That was gibberish. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this is the Line Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, I am chatting to you from the living quarters of the beautiful Gabriela in, uh, in the north of Spain. A new friend of mine that has accepted me into her home here. People in Spain are very, very sweet, incredibly hospitable. Um, It's just been great since arriving here. I just came through the south of France. I was in Po, uh, right kind of like up against the Pyrenees Mountains, and then caught a ride through the mountains and down into a town called Huesca in the Aragon region here. And it's very, very nice out here, I must say. Watching, you might hear a little thing in the background. That's the people cleaning the streets outside here. Uh, I apologize for that. Anywho, today I chatted with Mr. Hal Elrod. Um, really super interesting conversation. Hal, I would consider a friend of mine. He is a super sweet guy, super inspirational guy. I was just checking his stuff out. He, When he was 20 years old, he got smashed by a head-on collision with a drunk fool on the highway and then spun off and then got smashed with another car going 70 miles an hour. And uh, he died, he broke everything. <laughs> broke a lot of things. And uh, was told he's never gonna walk again and just like really not in a good place. And uh, it's got a really interesting story. Wrote a book called Miracle Morning. Uh, I was just checking it out, I enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, super, super interesting. His journey going from being dead and broken to being an inspirational, ambulating, fantastic fella to talk to on the Align podcast. So, uh, yeah, check him out. In the conversation, we got into that whole story. And instantly, I broke 11 bones. Uh, I began bleeding to death. An hour later, I died. I was clinically dead for approximately six minutes, rushed to the hospital after they revived me, uh, spent six days in a coma and woke to the news I would never walk again. And I just decided that 
I, I, I would accept that as the worst case scenario, but my energy was going to go into the best case scenario. And two weeks after I came out of the coma, the doctors came back with routine x-rays. They said, we don't know how to explain this, but your body is healing so quickly. Uh, we're going to let you walk tomorrow. Again, it goes back to every negative emotion is self-created by our level of resistance to our reality, our wishing that we could change something that's now in the past that's out of our control. Right. Unless you're Marty McFly with a time machine, right? You can't go back and change it. Right. And so... Um, I said, Dad, there's only one of two possibilities. Number one, the doctors are right, and I will never walk again. And I said, if that's the case, then I'll give myself five minutes to bitch, moan, and complain, and cry about it. But after the five minutes is up, I'll accept that I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, and I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair. Because that's our choice. When something is out of our control and it's already happened, we can choose whether to let it affect us negatively or we can choose to accept it unconditionally and it has no power over our emotional state when we accept it. Um, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about here. One of which is some quotes by Mr. Henry Thoreau. Uh, Civil Disobedience, really interesting book. I should have read it a long time ago. I'm just finally getting into it. Um, he's the uh, Henry Throw. He was the fellow that said, is one of his most famous quotes was, uh, the government that governs best is the government that governs least. A couple quotes I wanted to shout out there for you on your drive to wherever heck you're going is. Number one, under a government which imprisons unjustly, the true place for just men is also a prison. That's a shout out for anybody out there that has ever gotten arrested for having a bag of weed. <laughs> um, anyways, hopefully you like that one. Other quote, next one, next one, next one. The mass of men serve the state, thus not as men mainly, but as machines with their bodies. Oh my gosh. Um, that's kind of what this whole podcast is all about. <laughs> Is getting the heck out of this machine movement, our jobs, our relationships, our whatever, our lifestyle that's putting us, turning us into cogs, losing our spirit, losing our soul, losing our joie de vivre, and sacrificing that to sit in a box all day long and then eat out of a box and stare into a box and just become a mother flipping box. I think that's a pretty poignant quote. And uh, so maybe you can marinate on that. Are you serving the machine? Yay or nay? Change it up. All right. Um, check out the aligntherapy.com website. A L I G N therapy.com. Blog and videos. All the videos are free. You can purchase some courses. That's really helpful for me. Um, get it. Check out the self-care kit. It is on discount right now. Uh, come April, I'm getting new rollers in with the screw on tops, as you already know. And um, what else? What else? What else? Check out. Utilize the Amazon portal. That's very sweet of you. Please subscribe and share. That's very helpful. Um, that's how, whatever it is, iTunes determines the ranking of the podcast. Get more exposure. Show it to the world. I think it's going to be helpful with changing people's perspectives on some silly things. Um, I think that might be it. Oh, yeah. I just came from Paris, by the way. Hence the uh, the introduction of the, the ladies talking French. like, And um, pretty interesting. I was there during the, the uh, terrorist attacks, as you all know. And uh, 
fascinating <laughs> getting to be so intimate with uh, with terror. You know, I always kind of mock the, the term terrorist because George Bush, I think, completely destroyed it. And, you know, like the propaganda machine watching the news all day and like the fear and the terror and the terror and you got to duck and cover and you, you only trust in the government. We got to take away your rights. And that was, at least was my perspective on it. I think if you can instill enough fear into the public, then you they are putty in your hands. I think it's a tactic that's been used for since ever, since government. And uh, but again, this is not my this is not my forte. Don't listen to anything I'm saying in regards to this. Find someone. Find find Daniele Bolelli. He's a great guy. Where he's going to be on the show here in a couple months. I would check out his his podcast if you want to hear about history. Anywho, but my perspective with being in Paris that I found to be interesting was actually having that up close personal experience with uh, cruising around on my skateboard in the streets and. <laughs> feeling like at any moment there could be some kind of like anthrax or bomb or somebody pulling out a AK-47 and uh, that was very interesting the uh, the restaurants that had gotten shot up were uh, in my route to town that I was there's probably like six or seven blocks away from my the the house that I was staying I was staying at a dance studio out there and fascinating getting the cruise through on my little skateboard and going by those restaurants each day and then seeing uh, the bullet holes and the so there's thousands of flowers all around and the thing that got me was looking at the photos of the people that were in the restaurants and uh, that was became much more personal you know when you see the people that were sitting there it was it was you, it was me, it was, you know, young, vibrant people exploring or people from the United States there, there's people from all over the world and uh, they're hanging out, having a little miniature espresso coffee drink and then, bam, gun in your face and you're dead. So, um, carpe diem, I think was the, uh, the lesson I got from that. Anywho, I hope... I hope you didn't turn the podcast off <laughs> because I'm talking too much as I do. All right. Um, Hal Elrod, this is the episode of today. You can also check out, if you want to check out his show, uh, I was on it just last week. And uh, so you can hear me talking shiat for uh, about 40 minutes about life and movement and stuff like that. Anywho. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, my apologies for talking way too much. Here we go, Mr. Howrell Ride. Align Podcast. All right, Hal Elrod, thank you so much for coming on. I had heard your work through Pat Flynn, through John Dumas, through just through the grapevine. People are talking about this Miracle Morning, which I just recently finished up this week, and I thought it was awesome, man. I really appreciate uh, that. A lot of the stuff that was in there, I had been kind of already capitalizing on, and then there was a lot of really great parts to kind of add on to whatever the heck my morning looks like. So I really appreciate it. It's been super, super helpful. Um, yeah, the, I, I, the, the gratitude is mine for letting me uh, share it with your audience, man. Thank you so much. So one of the things that I, it's like, I almost 
regret asking you this because I know you're asked every single time, but I feel like the audience needs to have some degree of a background of like sure. of what inspired you to put together the book and kind of just like change your path with life. Like, can you talk a little bit about your accident? Yeah, yeah. There's really two life events that led to the Miracle Morning, and um, you know, it was never an idea for a book that I thought would be a really good book. It was kind of a sense of responsibility that I had to to, to pay forward some lessons that life had gifted me through adversity. Right. Uh, the first was when I was 20 years old. I was driving home from a sales meeting. I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 80 miles an hour where I then uh, spun off the drunk driver's car and another car crashed into my door, my driver's side door at 70 miles an hour. And as you might imagine, being hit in the door at 70 miles an hour just crushed the left side of my car into the left side of my body. And it, in, instantly I broke 11 bones. Uh, I began bleeding to death. An hour later, I died. I was clinically dead for approximately six minutes. Rushed to the hospital after they revived me. I uh, spent six days in a coma and woke to the news I would never walk again. And I just decided that I, I, I would accept that as the worst case scenario, but my energy was going to go into the best case scenario. And two weeks after I came out of the coma, the doctors came back with routine x-rays. They said, we don't know how to explain this, but your body is healing so quickly. Uh, we're going to let you walk tomorrow. It went from never walk again to three weeks after the crash. I took my first step. And the rest is history, as they say. I, you know, I left the hospital a month later and got back to work, and you know, kind of had a shift. That was the first part of my life where I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm destined to do more than just sell a product of, you know, from another person's company. Maybe there's, I'm supposed to use this experience to, uh, to, to for good, right? To, to impact and, and inspire and empower and serve other people. And and that was kind of the first experience in my life that that led me down a, a different path. Uh, of you know writing and speaking and, and coaching and putting on events and all the things that I do now. Right, awesome. You know, so I think that you know people want to hear more about the story. Like you've you've done tons of interviews or you've gotten into it and all that. So I don't want to use too much airtime for for getting into something you've already gotten into. So check out what is your website? Uh, HalElrod.com is the is the main one. Awesome. Yeah. So check that out. Get all the details. It's amazing, amazing story. One of the things that I think is so interesting, you know, and so I work in the, in the movement and self-care, you know, body healing business, essentially. Sure. You know, and so one of the things that I'll say oftentimes is, you know, it's like our, when we get a prognosis of something, you know, it's not a reality. It's not a fact. But we take these things as being facts. You know, what it is is it's an average. We're saying, yeah. you know, you got in this accident, you know, the average. Average person, person and yeah. when you look at average in the United States, like I'm not impressed. It's know, mediocre. So, no, so, average and mediocre should be synonyms. Yeah. You know, so how dare you? <laughs> you know, yeah. compare compare me to average. You know, it's a similar concept with with you know diagnosis. You know, a diagnosis is a guess. You know, it's not always 100% that it, because you're diagnosed with something or because you got this prognosis that, well, that's it. You know, fact, done. You know, and so one of the things that I've heard you mention is that you. It wasn't that you didn't believe it, but you had accepted it and you kept your attitude positive. You kept pushing forward. You know, so yeah. can you talk a little bit about just like what what do you think it was that 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 kept you pushing forward during that time frame where you're like just coming back from being dead and in a coma for six days and not being able to walk potentially ever? That old story. Yeah. No. <laughs> The, so the it's funny the doctors actually thought I was in denial because I was so positive. They actually called my parents in one day and they sat him down and they said we're concerned with Hal. We believe he's in denial because every time we see him, he is smiling and laughing and joking. And this is like 
you know, week, two weeks after the accident before I, when I was still being told I'd never walk again. And they're like, it's not normal that he's happy. He should be depressed, sad, scared, angry, etc. And my parent, they said, the doctor said, will you please talk to him and get him to admit how he's really feeling? You know, he's delusional right now because he can't accept this difficult reality. Right. And my dad came in and, 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 you know, explained the doctor's concern and asked me about it. And I said, dad, I'm not delusional. I'm I'm genuinely grateful and happy. I said because remember I live my life by the five minute rule, right. and the five minute rule is something I learned in my sales training, which says when things go wrong, it's okay to be negative in life, but not for more than five minutes. Right. Like there's no value, and once something's happened, it happened. Whether it's traffic or losing your job or even you know losing a loved one, being told you're never going to walk again, like whatever it is. Once once a circumstance has happened. Uh, emotional pain is only self-created. Like we think it's the thing that happened that's causing the pain, but it's the fact that we're not willing to accept it and be at peace with it. And once we accept our circumstances that are out of our control, doesn't mean we don't change the things we can change, right. but it goes back to the serenity prayer, right? Which is, you know, God grant me the wisdom to, uh, I don't know, even know, acknowledge what I can't change, <laughs> uh, change what I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? Something right. like that. Right, right, and right. Uh, I just butchered the serenity prayer. Go no, on, no. right? But, <laughs> God's listening. Yeah, God's listening. So, uh, so, so, but that—that's the essence. And I said, Dad, I, 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 I do not allow myself to feel negative for more than five minutes. And I said, it's been two weeks since the crash. I said, I can't change the fact that you know the doctors say I'm never going to walk again. I can't change that I was in a car accident, and I've already. And here's here's this is the lesson for anybody listening. This is the empowering lesson that can literally change your life today if you start to live by this. And it's. That, um, again, it goes back to every negative emotion is self-created by our level of resistance to our reality, our wishing that we could change something that's now in the past that's out of our control. Right. Unless you're Marty McFly with a time machine, right? You can't go back and change it. Right. And so um, I said, Dad, there's only one of two possibilities. Number one, the doctors are right, and I will never walk again. And I said, if that's the case, then I'll give myself five minutes to bitch, moan, and complain and cry about it. Right. But after the five minutes is up, I'll accept that I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life and I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair. Right. Because that's our choice. When something is out of our control and it's already happened, we can choose whether to let it affect us negatively or we can choose to accept it unconditionally and it has no power over our emotional state when we accept it. Right. I said, Dad, so possibly number one is I'll never walk again and I've accepted that as the worst case scenario. So it's not going to bother me. If that's the case, I'll be happy. Number two, though, Second possibility, Dad, is I will walk again. And I said, and here's the thing is all my energy goes into that possibility because that's the one I want. And so for everybody listening, what's your wheelchair? Like what's the circumstance in your life, in your past, whether it happened earlier today, yesterday, last week, last month, last year in your childhood that you're still creating emotional pain over for yourself even though there's no sense in doing that because creating that pain doesn't change it. It just makes you miserable. Right. And so accept all things you can't change and focus 100% of your energy on what you want and what you need to do between now and getting what you want to ensure that it becomes a reality. Awesome. And, and, and then that, le that led to me taking my first step a week later. I love it. You know, that's, I was chatting with um, Kelly Start from Mobility Watt about a similar thing. He called you know, apologetics, you know, where we get attached to, oh, I have this bum knee or, oh, I have this thing or, oh, I'm, you know, I'm too short or whatever. And we, what we end up doing is we end up living in that safety cocoon of the limit that we've created for ourselves. The trouble with that limit is limits get smaller. They, they confine you more and more and more. They don't stay static like we, you know, we may hope. You know, I think so many times people like, 
like in that situation, he's like, oh, you're in a wheelchair. You know, it's like, well, for the rest of the, my life, this wheelchair, metaphoric or literal, is now my scapegoat for everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think it's so crucially important that I love, you know, using the wheelchair as the metaphor. It's like, what is your wheelchair? You know, and one of the things I was thinking about just like a couple days ago, you know, was fear is such a, a, a just like a, a normal thing in our lives. And I think that, you know, being genuinely free in our bodies, in our minds, we have to really evaluate what are we dealing with that is a fear in our life. You know, it, it, it could be spiders, it could be commitment, it could be, you know, anything, you know, yeah. but I think really first evaluate, like, what are my fears and work with it. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite affirmations that I, you know, as part of my miracle morning each day that I read is, is this, and you can add this, anybody listening, feel free to write this down and add it to your affirmations. Um, there is nothing to fear because I cannot fail. I can only learn, grow, and become better than I've ever been before. Right. And that's true if you make it true. You can't fail. Even if you fail in the short term, all you can really do if you see it that way is you can learn, you can grow, and become better than you've ever been before. And every great success story had many, many, many failures along the way, right? Many, many roadblocks, many obstacles, many, many setbacks along the way. But as long as you never give up and keep moving forward toward your ideal vision, you cannot fail. You can every failure, every everything you would fear is really there to serve you. And, and yeah, I think that that helps. You know, fear doesn't need to go away. You just need to realize that it's it's not. Don't don't let your fears dictate your actions. Let your commitment dictate your actions. Let your goals and your vision dictate your actions. And let the fears, you know, acknowledge them, pat them on the back, be like, all right, buddy, I appreciate you. Thanks for showing up today, but I'm going to keep doing the thing I'm afraid of. Right. Well, the fear that I think that is the most insidious that gets us is, you know, there's things that we know we know and things that we, you know, we don't know we don't know, you know, and it's like the stuff we don't know we don't know. You yeah. know, it's the, it's the, it's the deep rooted subconscious fears that are occupying our software every single day. And we think that it's, you know, it's like, oh, I'm totally self-governed. I'm totally free, man. It's like, just because you live in a country that calls itself free does not mean that you are not mentally entangled a bunch of bull crap from 10 years ago that impedes you from your evolution every single day. You know, I, yeah. one of the things that, you know, Muhammad Ali said is, is, is a quote is said, repetition of affirmation leads to belief. Once belief becomes deep conviction, things begin to happen. You know, I think that that's a really interesting thing. It's like we it's easy to kind of like poo poo visualization. You know, it's like, oh, you visualize you're some kind of hippie. You know, it's like we visualize in everything that we do before you drop into a half pipe, before you launch off a ramp, before you go to a public speaking event. You're visualizing what's happening there. And I think that people need to really accept the power of putting yourself in the mental, physical state before entering into something. You know, so one yeah. of the things you get into the book is visualization. You know, can you chat a little bit about like just like your own practice with visualization, how it's helped you along, practices for other people? Yeah, so I think that, well, let me just say this. So the Miracle Morning is, there's two parts to the book. Well, there's more than two parts, but but essentially there's the Miracle Morning, which is the the based on the premise, the idea that how you start your day sets the tone for how you live your day and therefore sets the tone for your life. And if you win the morning, you win the day and you create an extraordinary life. That's the premise of the Miracle Morning. Right. Um, the other premise is it's about dedicating time to becoming the best version of yourself, dedicating time each day to your personal development. Right. The practices that make up the Miracle Morning are called the state, well, they're called the Life Savers, but the acronym is SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S, essentially the six most proven, powerful personal development practices that have been done for ages. 
what makes them unique is, and this is actually Robert Kiyosaki's words. Uh, he's a big fan of the Miracle Morning. He, he told me he's read the book three times. Yes, yeah, that's awesome. Changed his life, I'm, which is like for me when he told me that, I was like, you know, I, I, I couldn't speak back. I was like blown away. That's a big but deal. anyway, so the point is, um, he says every successful person does one of the savers each day. You know, some do two or three. But he said until the Miracle Morning, no one did all six. And now he does them every single day. He does the savers. Right. So I just wanted to give the context of how visualization fits in. That is the V in savers. And one of the things that I did with the Miracle Morning, you know, I don't think I'm a great writer by any means. Um, if there's anything I'm good at doing, it's dumbing things down because that's what I need done for me. So I'm able to take th practices that can be elusive or kind of, you know, kind of woo-woo and go, how can we make this practical and results-oriented so that you actually see significant measurable improvements in your, in your results, in your life, right? right? So visualization is no different. The way that visualization is taught uh, by gurus, it's been taught for, you know, I don't know, centuries, right? Uh, the way that I learned it, and a lot of people have, is they teach you to visualize your goal or your dream or your ideal outcome. And the problem with that is research has shown that when you visualize your ideal outcome over and over and over again, at first it's good because you're starting to see, wow, this is really possible. But if you do it repeatedly each day, then what happens is you actually trick your subconscious into thinking that that result is as good as done and now you lose the sense of drive and urgency and, and, and that sense of almost that healthy fear of like, shoot, if I don't do something today, the result's not going to happen because right. you've seen it so many times, you trick your brain into thinking that that result is just as good as done. Right. And so the way that I teach visualization in the book is how you go from visualizing your ideal result to the most important half of visualization. The other half of the equation is visualize what you need to do today to ensure that you achieve that result. So, for example, um, when I was writing the Miracle Morning book, here's a great example. I used all of the savers to write that book. And the way I use visualization is first half of my visualization practice was visualizing the end result. I saw people reading the book and, and having look on their face like, oh, my gosh, this is changing my life. Right. That was the ideal outcome. So I saw that. And then I saw them actually, I went one step further. I saw them sharing it with their friends. I saw people showing the book to their friend and going, and handing it to them and going, you have to read this. It'll change your life, which it, it's, it's just it's wild. Every time I say that thing about how that hap that exact vision is, is come true. But the most important part of the visualization was neither of those, because had if that was all I had done, I probably would have gone many, many, many years, maybe my entire lifetime going, man, that is such a beautiful vision. Uh, one day, I hope it comes true. However, right. the most important part of the visualization practice in the Miracle Morning is that your second half of the visualization practice is visualizing the action that you must take today to guarantee that that ideal outcome, that vision for the ideal outcome, eventually comes true. So for me, for example, I went from visualizing the book being written, passed on to a friend, to visualizing myself at my computer, typing like a madman, with a look on my face of inspiration, with the thoughts flowing to me. And here's the deal. I had tons of self-doubt, tons of fear, tons of who the hell am I to write a book about the morning ritual? No, no one, I didn't invent this. Everyone talks about this in some way or another. Right. Tony Robbins has his hour of power. Uh, Robin Sharma has the 5 a.m. club. And I thought, how am I going to make this unique? And the long story short is by visualizing the action I needed to take, and this is true for anybody listening, your vision should be so compelling and so positive and so enticing that it moves you to want to open your eyes and then open up your computer and start typing. 
or if you're visualizing running a marathon, sure, see yourself crossing the finish line so you can get excited about that ideal outcome. But more importantly, especially if you hate running like I did, <laughs> see yourself lacing up your running shoes that morning. See yourself looking at the time on the clock on the wall at the exact time you're committed to lacing up your running shoes and then see yourself heading out the front door with a smile on your face and feel the feelings of, wow, this run is going to feel amazing. That's where visualization becomes a game changer. Not when you see the perfect end result, right. but when you see yourself taking the perfect action today. That's awesome, man. I love, I love hearing that. You know, and I think that one of the things that people, again, we get wrapped up in like visualization or the secret, you know, it's like visualization is, is kind of crap without activation. You know, we need, yeah. to, we need to actually take the steps to go forward. And also recognizing like what, like you're saying, being specific with your visualization sometimes can be the most helpful thing. You know, it's like I visualize having a billion dollars. Like, I don't care. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You know, it's like what we need to recognize is that visualization, it puts ourselves from, you know, a neurological perspective or a whole body perspective. It, it, it gets us situated. It acclimatizes us to that state that we're looking to achieve. You yeah. know, and so then when the, the day comes for X person to ask you to speak at X event or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, it's not like it's like, oh, uh, I'm not ready for that. You know, yeah. it's like you've been preparing your whole system for the last two years. You yeah. know, you, you already accept that this is who you are. This is what you do. So when you get put in that situation of meeting the right person, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm here, baby. I'm showing up. You know, I've, I'm already here. I don't have to wait for someone else to kind of like coax me along into something. You know? Yeah, and that's why, I mean, the, the world's greatest athletes, uh, I mean, they're, they're, you know, that's probably the most famous examples of visualization is, you know, uh, Tiger Woods, for example, when he was in his prime, you know, he was known for he'd visualize every single hole on the course I don't even know how many times, you know, dozens of times, hundreds of times before he ever went there. He would see himself hitting the perfect shot off the tee. Right. Then he would see himself putting, you know, the perfect, I mean, just everything perfect. And because he had gone there in his mind, it was that much easier to go there in his body. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Awesome, yeah. And so one of the quotes that I like quite a bit by uh, Jim Rohn is that a person's level of success will seldom exceed their own personal development. You know, yeah. and so I think that that's an interesting, interesting thought, you know, because I see a lot of aspects of my, my business as kind of like, it's like a fractal image of who I am. You know, it's like, there's, there's aspects of it that I see. It's like, Ooh, that part's lacking. And then I'll look at myself and be like, huh, very interesting. You know, I can kind of, you know, we got to work both angles, work, you know, inside the box, outside the box, you know? And, and I think that one of the things that you had mentioned uh, about with the writing of, of your book was that it took you a while before you actually wrote it. You know, it was a it was a plan to yeah. to create for years before it actually yeah. became a thing. You know, so um, what do you think had hindered you from the creation of that? From just you know digging in and just making it happen? Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely fear and self doubt and a lack of accountability. If I if I really if I analyze it, you right. know, which which obviously I have. Um, but uh, but yeah, there was a lot of self doubt, a lot of fear. And what I finally realized, you know, I think the fear was there's a lot of fear. Number one is writer's block. I I don't I've written you know a handful of books now, but I it's weird. I still don't have the identity of being a writer. I, it doesn't make sense, you know. Right. Um, but uh, because I never saw myself as a writer. And the, so that held me back. And I thought I would always have writer's block. I would, you know, try to do it. And 
uh, you know, I procrastinate because there was the fear. And then what happened was, uh, I, you know, I'm a coach. I've been I've been doing you know private coaching for God, ten years now, and uh, the it just hit me that. One day I realized, oh, I saw it was actually Joel Canfield, a uh, writing coach. He posted, hey, need help finishing your book, need some support and accountability. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm for hire. And I went, holy shit, what? that's why I haven't written the book. I have no accountability. There's no one holding me accountable. And it's not that we can't do things without accountability, but here's the lesson. Accountability is the key to closing the gap between the things that we're not doing now and the things that we could be doing have, if we live at our full potential. Right. So this is true for all of us. No human being lives at their full potential, right? I mean, the, the best you can do is you keep doing your best every day, but you're always improving. There's always more that's possible. And what I find is that when you have someone else holding you accountable, especially professionally holding you accountable, that you're investing money and time into, then what happens is when you when that voice of mediocrity says, "I ah, just put it off till tomorrow," right? Right. You know, Aaron, you can wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Then the, the 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 it's almost like the, that cartoon with the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder. The devil is your voice of mediocrity that says, "Wait till tomorrow, put it off." And the angel is your coach or your accountability partner that says, "No, no, no. Remember, you gave me your word." Right. And you go, "Ah, damn it, I almost forgot. I, I guess I have to do it." Right. Right. I have to do it. So I hired him. And it went from, I think, three years of it being a goal that, you know, that I think I wrote, you know, I don't know, four pages in th three years or something like that. And then I hired an accountability coach. And four months later, the book was in print and a number one bestseller on Amazon. So four months of account having accountability to get that result, it was done when previous to that, uh, you know, it hadn't gotten done in three years. That's the power of accountability. So... So with that, like hiring an accountability coach, did you have a little bit of money lying around for to 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 feel like, oh, yeah, I can I can hire a coach, or was like, what? Where were you at with that? What about folks that maybe don't have an extra? Yeah, get an accountability partner. Um, you know, in fact, that's something that we, you know, we have the mirror. I'm such a big believer in accountability that I wrote about it in the Miracle Morning book. I talked about why we resist it because as children, accountability is forced upon us by the adults in our lives. Right. Eat your vegetables. I don't want to eat my vegetables. Take a bath. I don't want to take a bath, right? Go to bed. I don't want to go to bed. So what happens is at a very young age when our brain is being shaped, we resist and resent accountability because right. it's not our choosing. It's forced upon us. Yeah. And if you think about the average person in America, and like we talked about average you know, synonym for mediocre, the average person in, in, in America, myself included, when I left home at 18 to go to college, it was like, Wow, no accountability. I can eat whatever I want, so I ate like crap. I can stay up as late as I want, so I stayed up till five in the morning playing video games, got no sleep, right? I don't have to bathe, so unless I had a date, I didn't bathe, right? And so what happens is you have to realize that we have to, you know, we got it's like we gotta grow up. You know, we have to grow up, and the exactly. essence is to grow up, you've got to embrace accountability. So to, to not to go too not to veer too far off answering your question. Oh, no, that's great. Um, veer. I created the Miracle Morning community on Facebook, and when I created it, it was a like an eleventh hour thing. The book was in its final you know editing phase. I added it in there. I had no idea what it would become. And Aaron, if you're not in there, I invite you to join. We have over eighteen thousand members in that Facebook group now cool. from all around the world. About a hundred new members joining every day. And it is the most engaged, supportive online community that I have ever seen. Um, 
So yeah, so that is a great place. A lot of our readers of The Miracle Morning, they go there and they post, hey, I just read the book. I, I'm looking for some support and accountability partner. Nice. So that's what I advise people to do. Whether you go into The Miracle Morning community or you you know, reach out to your own community, get an accountability partner. And the keys to making that effective are you talk at ideally at the same time, either every week or every day. Could be every month, but you know, ideally weekly is better, the more frequent uh, or daily. It could be a five or 10 minute call. You have a, a relationship that's founded in integrity, meaning that you're going to do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Right. And that's the base of the relationship. And then if you want to add in financial consequences, like, all right, hey, if we don't follow through, we got to pay, you know, $10 to our favorite charity or our least favorite charity or whatever. Um, but that's it. Find an accountability partner if, if you don't have the financial means to hire an accountability coach. Right. I love that. I'll, I'll, I'll join today. And then uh, the other thing I think that I, I like to add with that is like if you don't have a little bit of skin in the game, you know, it's very, very easy to just say, screw it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go swimming today. You know, it's like, go swim. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, Absolutely, go swim. You know, but like you're able, you're going to be more fulfilled at the end of the day if you stay on task. What it is you want to create, it doesn't need to be a business thing. It could be anything. Sure. You know, you'd be wanting sure. to do a one-armed pull-up or whatever you're into, you know, dancing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I think that putting a little bit of skin in the game, you know, even if it's like 10 bucks, like you said, all of a sudden we become, it's like playing poker for no money is ridiculous. It's like, it's yeah. not, it's not fun. All of a sudden we bet $5. It's like, oh my God, like you are engaged with that. Now, yeah. so I, I think that's a really, really crucial, crucial point. Um, yeah. Do you, is there anything, something that I was actually really curious about? Did you, so you talk a lot about like the positive, you know, staying positive and staying focused, staying motivated. Have you had some really dark, gnarly, like screw it times? Yeah. Yeah, for me, yeah, that, that actually, I mentioned there were two kind of two aspects of my life that led to the Miracle Morning to really, really, I call my rock bottoms. They were the lowest points in my life, um, the most difficult times in my life. And we've all had rock bottoms. It's those times when, you know, you reach a level of adversity that you never have never encountered before. And, you know, you're, you question your ability, you question your faith. I mean, you question a lot of things. For me, the first was the car accident. The second rock bottom was surprisingly worse than the first. And, I always get funny looks. They go, but dude, you died the first time. Like what, what was worse than dying? Did you die for a longer period of time? You know what happened? Right. Um, but in reality, it was when the U.S. economy crashed in 2008. Uh, I had come, you know, I'd built myself back from the car accident, you know, nine years later. Um, I had bought my first brand new house. I hit Hall of Fame with my company. I had written my first book. I launched my speaking career. I launched a coaching business. I was literally living the life of my dreams when the economy crashed. Uh, over half of my clients couldn't afford to pay me anymore, and I therefore lost over half of my income virtually overnight. It felt like it was overnight. It was probably it was really a six month kind of downward spiral. But right. I stopped exercising. I lost over half my income. I couldn't pay my mortgage. I lost my house. I went from being debt free to having fifty three thousand dollars on my credit cards and climbing every month. And as a result, I got deeply, deeply depressed and scared because I tried everything that I knew in the book to be successful and six months later I was every month it got every day pretty much it just it got worse and worse and worse and worse and and finally I, just, I, I was like I don't know what to do I, I tried accepting it and five-minute rule and all that but what do you do when you do that a hundred times right. and you're worse <laughs> off on the hundred time than you were on the first right and so that was my lowest point and it was actually the Jim Rohn quote that you said earlier that turned my life around he said your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development and in that moment, I realized, and this is true for most of us, 
uh, I wasn't dedicating time every day to my personal development at the level that I needed to be yeah. to become the person that I needed to be to create the levels of success I wanted in my life. Right. And I ran home after I heard this quote and I went, okay, my theory was I'm going to go spend an hour online and research what are the world's most successful people do every day to personal develop for personal development. Yeah. And I quickly came across the importance of morning routine. So I thought I'm going to take the best personal development practice and start every day with it. But after all this research, I couldn't narrow it down to one. There was a list of six practices that depending on who you asked, which millionaire or billionaire or philanthropist or CEO you asked, they swore by one of the six. But you, you, no case was more compelling. And that's when I had the epiphany, wait a minute, none of the research I've shown has, nobody's doing more than one, two, maybe three of these, right. like Robert Kiyosaki said, right? I thought, what if I did all of these? That would be the <laughs> ultimate personal development ritual. I woke up the next morning, I did all six. Two months later, I had more than doubled my income as a direct result of who I became from that morning practice. It wasn't called The Miracle Morning. You know, like I said, it wasn't gonna be a book. It was two months later that my life had transformed so profoundly where I doubled, more than doubled my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life. I hadn't exercised for one single day in six months. I decided I was going to run a 52-mile ultra marathon because I hated running. And I thought, what better way to test the power of the miracle morning than to go from being someone that hated running and has never run more than a mile to running 52 miles in one day. And I started training right away. I, I did that five months later. And most importantly, my depression went away within 24 hours. Nice. I won't say it went, it went to zero, but it went from like a nine on a scale of one to ten to down to like a two. And it never went back. And because my life changed so quickly and profoundly, I started calling it my miracle morning. I taught my coaching clients. They went from, Hal, I'm not a morning person. A week later, they're going, oh, my gosh, I have so much energy and motivation and blah, 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 blah. And that's when I went, dude, I have to write a book. And as we talked about earlier, it took me a long time. But, you know, we've sold over 100,000 copies of Miracle Morning now. And it's one of the highest rated books on Amazon with over 1,000 reviews, uh, averaging almost five stars. Nice, man. Yeah. And you can, you know, you can feel it from your energy and, and just like, you know, it's, you're not faking it, which is really pleasant. I know we, we got to wrap up. We'll wrap up right yeah. now. Um, you know, but I, it just, thanks for, thanks for doing what you're doing. Thanks for putting the messages out there. You know, one of the things that I want to make sure that people really hold on to with that is, is the same thing, going back to the Jim Rohn quote of like your own personal development, matching that of your own like financial success, which I know that's contrary sometimes. There's some lonely, lonely people out there that are, have a lot of money, you know? And yeah. one of the things that I noticed with myself with that was every morning I had my affirmation statement and I was really focused on creating, you know, visualizing and creating this thing. And what I found was stuff started to happen. One yeah. of the things I noticed is a part of my, you know, internal visualization creation in that wasn't friendship. You know, in that wasn't like human connection. It was all business based, you know, sure. and, what, and what I found with myself through that is, you know, I started to make more money and I started to get more lonely and I started to push people out of my life because I was so freaking focused on creating this stupid business. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, 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 and it's only a stupid business when you, when that's all you have, you know, but we need to really think about letting the roots grow at a deeper level. And as opposed to just, you know, encapsulating this one single thing, because without that, you, you lack integration and that lack of integration ends up leading to, I think, you know, disharmony or, or, or sadness, pain, you know, so that's my, yeah, no, I agree. And I think that there's the kind of one, one of the big picture lessons of the miracle morning is that most people 
fall into this trap of thinking that the only the way that they're going to take their success in any area of life could be a relationship, their their finances. They they think that it's about doing more. Like if I want to achieve more, I have to do more. And what you find is that when you focus on becoming more rather than doing more, not only do you achieve more, but you actually can achieve more by doing less. It actually becomes you become smarter, more effective, more efficient. Right. When you focus on becoming more, you don't you know you can still do more and then amplify your results, but you actually find that that is the secret to success is not not doing more but becoming the person that you need to be that can more easily achieve the levels of success that you want in every area of your life and i think that what makes the miracle morning unique is it's so universal whereas if you're at rock bottom like i was when i created it it'll change your life or if you're like robert kiyosaki who you know you're a multimillionaire you've read over a thousand books as he says he has on personal development and you, you know, you, you wrote one of the best ones of all time. He says, you know, you read the book three times. It changed his life, you know. And so it's like it's such a universal principle that it applies for anyone and everyone, uh, if, you know, because we all want to achieve that next level of success in our lives. Awesome, man. Um, so the book you're probably talking about is Rich Dad Poor Dad. I thought it was really great. People go check it. I also just like, like it's like Cash Flow Quadrant and a couple different ones. Um, sure. Where do people find you? And um, try, if you can, you can give a shout out to the the BYEB Live event thing as well. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah, my website halelrod.com, H-A-L-E-L-R-O-D.com. Uh, yeah, my my uh, our our next live event. We did my first live event last uh, December. Best Year Ever Blueprint.com. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it, we, our goal was 100 people. We had 220 people there, and we already have 100 registered for this year. And this time last year, we had none registered. So I think it'll it'll sell out again at 300. But um, the uh, the I think most important for anybody listening, the Miracle Morning. I, I told this to you, Aaron, when we started. You know, I said there's nothing. I none of my work, not the event, nothing I've ever done before has impacted people as profoundly as the miracle morning has and so if you want to get the book amazon.com is the best place to buy the miracle morning and uh if you're in real estate or in sales we have a couple follow-up books that are doing really well the miracle morning for real estate agents and the miracle morning for salespeople. um and then if you're listening to this and if you are if cash is tight right now aaron as you alluded to earlier and i've been there before where you literally you know my wife and i had a deal where like we were not allowed to spend a dollar if it doesn't put food in our kids stomachs you know what i mean I've been there before. Um, then go to MiracleMorning.com. And anybody listening, if you're not ready to buy the book on Amazon, you can go to MiracleMorning.com and get the first few chapters for free. You'll get a 60-minute audio training for free and a 17-minute video training all for free at MiracleMorning.com. So whichever those options works best for you, uh, you know, check it out. Awesome, man. And hopefully um, I'll be seeing you and seeing some other people at that event. We'll see if that ends up working out. Um, yeah, absolutely. So thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get to see you soon. Ditto, Aaron. I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for having me. And everyone that listened, I, I hope you got you know value today. And uh, I hope to see you in the Miracle Morning community on Facebook. Even if you don't have the book yet, come join the community. And, and you'll I think you'll be blown away by the, uh, the level of engagement and just how positive and supportive everybody is uh, in that group. Awesome, man. I'm checking it out right now. See you soon. Cool, Aaron. I'll see you there, brother. Take Bye. care. 
Nine Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body. You can check out the online coaching where we work, how, work out how to optimize your movement practice so that you can live optimally and pain-free for the rest of your life. As well, be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist, a massage therapist, all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. And remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.